Uh, and thanks to all of you for coming. Well, in case you're wondering you know, why Michael is not here, he did introduce Sean to the players and the coaching staff in the front office early today. Um, and he'll be here today for the game. But he chose not to distract the spotlight from Sean and uh, you know, let you hear what our new general manager has to say. Um, before I pass on the microphone to, to Sean, I wanted to say a few words about the process that brought us all here. Um, it's, um, we, we're pretty proud of you know, what we've done, and it's been a thoughtful process. You know, we didn't rush. Uh, we did an extensive due diligence, interviewed a lot of people, uh, spoke to a lot of people around the league, and uh, in the end, uh, what made our choice is a couple of things. First is Sean's uh, personality that I'm sure you're going to enjoy tonight. Uh, his vast experience in playing, coaching, and management, which is pretty unique in the league. His uh, excitement about building something special here in Brooklyn, not somewhere else. And um, last but not the least, the culture of the team. You know, he made his name and and uh, you know where he learned as, as a manager. So it was a unanimous decision by our decision-making committee. Uh, we knew immediately, you know, this is our guy. So it is with pride and pleasure that I introduce to you the new general manager of the Brooklyn Nets, Sean Marks. Sean, thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, uh, it's a real privilege for me to be here, and uh, you know, I want to thank uh, Dmitry and Mr. Prokhorov and the entire Nets organization for having the faith uh, to bring a little boy from New Zealand all the way here. So, you know, that's great. Um, I have a big thanks to the family where I came from, from uh, from San Antonio. So, you know, the Spurs organization, um, you know, let me partake in this process and, and ended up here. So that's, that's, that's special to me and I'm leaving behind um, some lot of great memories. But uh, I, again, they've helped me to become the person I am, uh, the general manager I am, and uh, you know, this, this leads me to, to, to be sitting here in front of you today. So. Again, thanks to them. As Dimitri mentioned before, I've had the uh, the opportunity for being you know, a journeyman as a player. I got to see many different um, teams around the league and around the world, and see how things were done differently and how things were done the same. Um, got the privilege of playing with a ton of fantastic players, coaches, and front office staff. So uh, I hope that I can um, capture all that I've learned and, uh, and bring it to New Jersey. And you know, I have a clear vision for what I'd like to implement here. Um, it'll be built through uh, uh, a solid, strong foundation, a systematic process, and we'll be uh, we'll be putting something out there on the court that the community can be proud of. You know, we'll be a competitive bunch of guys, both on the court and also behind the scenes. So it's an exciting time for me, um, especially, but I, you know, I know it's an exciting time for the, for the rest of Brooklyn Nets and I hope the community as well. So um, again, thank you for having me here and, you know, and I appreciate it and I'm looking forward to, uh, to, uh, to a, fun, a fun few years. And I'm, I'm realistic about the goals and, and the challenges that are ahead of me for sure. Um, that goes without saying, but again, I'm in a great environment um, with a great uh, group of people um, I've had a chance to sit with uh, Mr. Prokhorov a fair bit and, and, and discuss what's expected here and we seem to have a clear vision together 
um, of what the next steps are going to be taken in order to uh, to fill out roster-wise staffing and so forth. So we're all on the same page there. It was clear to me that Mr. Procroft had um, a winning vision in mind. You know when, what he's done to put Barclays here in Brooklyn, what he's done with a new practice facility, the commitment to the D-League um, with the Long Island Nets. So those things all tell me that he, you know, he's willing to spend the money in the right places and bring the right people in here. So uh, again, I'm excited to be here and this is going to be a tremendous, tremendous time. Okay, let's open up the questioning. Sarah? Sean, welcome. Yeah. Um, you touched on it just a bit there, but what ultimately led you to the decision to take this position and know that this was the right fit for you? Yes, yeah, sir. You know, it was a difficult decision. Anytime you're, you're having to get out of your comfort zone, uh, isn't easy, um, but at the same time, my time spent with um, uh, Mr. Prokhorov, Dimitri, and the rest of the Nets group here during the interviews uh, led me to believe that, uh, again, we have a similar vision. And um, you know, I'm privileged to have had the opportunity in San Antonio to be around, um, again, some really great staff members, both you know Coach Pop and RC Buford, you know, tremendous mentors for me. So what I've learned from them, and you know, it's. To be honest, it's time to it's it's time for me to see if I can do this, you know. And it's not on my own. I mean, I'll be bringing in a staff, and it'll be a collaborative approach. Um, but it's uh, I think this is the right environment to do it. Sean Mikel excuse me, and said that he viewed this as a small reset this off year, and that with a couple players and a little bit of luck, that the team could be a contender as soon as next year. What what is your vision in terms of that? Well, the, the, the vision is to evaluate immediately. So it'll be evaluating the, the roster, the staff, the needs, finding out what's, um, uh, what can be put in in the meantime. You know, there's by no means is this a wasted year. You know, I look at you can still get some things out of this year. I mean, there's, we've got some really talented young guys on this team that need to be developed. You know, we've got a culture that needs to be set, and that starts from day one. You know, it starts everything that I do here with the help of um, the organization behind me is going to help setting that culture. So. Can you state your name and affiliation? Tim. Uh, Tim Montes from the Washington Post. Uh, Dimitri, you guys, like you said, you guys interviewed a lot of people uh, for this job. Um, what, what was the biggest thing you learned from that process, and, and why did you have such an expansive process to talk to as many people as you guys did? Well, it wasn't too expensive. You know, we, and I, I, I said many people, it was eight candidates, and that was, you know, best of the best. And, you know, I mean, the, the selection of eight was the result of a thorough due diligence and background check. Um, we, we learned a lot. You know, we learned different visions. Uh, you know, we, we learned about different cultures that exist in different teams. Um, well, again, I said the culture of the team the shot is coming from, uh, was you know too persuasive. Brian, uh, Brian Mullen, the Associated Press. Uh, Sean, whenever someone from the Spurs goes on to become a coach or, or a former office guy somewhere else, everyone talks about their culture and, and can you bring it somewhere else. Um, is that your your goal and thought? And uh, you know, can that be done, or is it just what they have is kind of so perfect there that it, it's hard to create that somewhere else? Uh, it's certainly special there, there's no question that, but I think culture is something, a term that gets thrown around 
pretty loosely, you know, we're going to bring this culture, we're going to bring that culture, you know, the people within the organization are going to define this culture. So it's the hires that are going to be made over the next two, three, four months. Those people are going to be the right people to push that culture, to drive that culture, and, uh, and you'll see that culture not only on the court, but it'll be behind the scenes, it'll be within the community, we'll all be on the same page with a clear vision. You want to sign the Gazette of the Bill's Box. Hey, Sean, you, you made it, you, I guess, broke a major barrier by becoming the first international engineer in the NBA. What's the chances are you going to break another one by hiring an international head coach? <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? There's a list of head coaches out there, and and we'll be we'll be looking worldwide. You know, it, it doesn't limit it to just in, in the U.S. or anywhere. But you know, that that list will stay with me for now. And as I go through the process, and, and then slowly include you know a, a bigger uh, the resources behind me, then then we'll come come to terms. Uh, Mike Mazzi from ESPN.com. Uh, just to follow up on that question about the coach, Dimitri, um, how much input will Sean have? And then, Sean, are you kind of comfortable with what you've heard from ownership about how that process is going to go? Like to, uh, we, would, we would like to approach that you know, as a process. Uh, you know, we, we liked what we did, um, you know, searching for, for, for a GM position. And it'd be a process, you know, that is that will be driven by Sean. I think you know we will will follow his vision, and you know he'll be heading that process. But it will be a process, you know, with a thorough due diligence and the interviews and uh, you know thorough check. Uh, kind of follow up on Mike's uh, question. This is Brian Lewis from the New York Post. Uh, Sean, did you have to be convinced that you would have, I guess, for lack of a better term, the proper time and the proper autonomy? to do this job the way that you wanted to do it. In other words, that you would have enough control and enough years to get this thing going the way you would want to see it go. Uh, I'm not sure I needed to be convinced. Um, it was, it's like any negotiations, <laughs> they, they go back and forth. Um, however, I, I'm, I'm extremely happy with what I heard, otherwise, obviously, I, I wouldn't be here. Um, again, it's, it's, it's going to be my vision. Um, but the staff that I bring in, it's a collaborative approach. You know, once the staff starts coming in, you know, we'll, we're all in this together. The way it was done, uh, where, I, where I basically grew up in San Antonio, it was like that. The relationship that Pop and RC had together, um, nothing was done with the other not knowing. So uh, that's important. It's, it's inclusive. It's a partnership. That's what I'll be looking for, you know, not only in a head coach, but the relationship that I have, you know, with ownership, um, and the relationship that I have with, with all my staff. So. Howard, Howard, Howard back to report. So over here. Yeah, um, so a lot of teams have had to try to dig their way out of a hole. Obviously, teams go through their cycle. It's rare to be that far down and, and have no draft picks for three years under your control to do it. How big of a challenge does this then become? Not having that as a tool, and what's a realistic timeline then for getting you know back to respectability, knowing you don't have that as a tool? Uh, well, sh sure, draft picks are one way to build a team, but um, there, there's several other other places and other ways to go out there and do it. Obviously, you can commit to free agency. As I said, uh, my staff and where 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 I've learned, um, I've seen it done around the NBA, where you, you're building not only through free agency, you're building in the through the European market, you're building in, within your D League um, franchise and developing players there. So yes, for sure, it's um, not having a draft pick as we stand right now. Um, but that too can change. So we'll just wait and see. Time will tell. 
Uh, Laura Alvarez from, uh, from Newsday. Uh, Proper often mentioned that one of the biggest issues that he wants to deal with with new management was establishing a cohesive identity. And uh, one of the things he mentioned was whether to build around younger players or bring in star talent right away. I was just wondering what your philosophy is in this pattern. Um, I think you look for. Uh players are going to fit within your culture. I mean, you can bring in a, a star player, but if he doesn't fit with the vision with where you're going, um, that can derail the system as well. So whoever we bring in here, um, they're going to play team basketball, they're going to be competitive on the floor, the coach is going to have a defensive mindset and, and a system that gets them playing well and gets them, you know, things they're accustomed to where I've come from. So um, I can't tell you if it's going to be a star player. I can't tell you if it's going to be a young player. You know, there's certainly going to be some vets. Every team needs uh, leadership, whether that comes in the way of a star player or whether that comes um, in, in the form of a guy who's 12th, 13th, 14th man on the bench. But um, we'll have to wait and see how that roster pans out. Sean, you've got a lean on starting five on one. Um, when you were a kid growing up in New Zealand, did you ever dream you would one day be the, uh, the general manager of you know, an NBA team? And two, would you be scouting the Oceania region and players for another year? I didn't dream that I'd be the GM of the uh, the Nets, but uh, as I said before, I'm, I'm privileged to be that now. So, uh, um, look, we'll, uh, as I've seen it done countless times, and, and the world is such a small place now, we'll be we'll be scouting everywhere, just like every other NBA team does. Um, you know, we have scouts all over the world, and and we're we're finding the best uh, fit for for Brooklyn, and we'll be bringing them here. Um, sort of continuing on that, Alex Rask and Wall Street Journal, do you plan on expanding the scouting department and also um, what kind of opportunity does the rising salary cap present? Uh, good question, Alex. Yes, the, the entire organization staff will be expanded without, without a doubt. So um, whether it's scouting, front office, you know, we've got a D-League team, that that staff will have to be built. So there'll be staff members throughout that will be added to this. Um, the rising salary cap certainly gives us, gives us a lot of opportunity out there. Um, it doesn't give us the ability to completely start over, but in a weird way, we're starting with a little, you know, uh, on the same page as, as many other teams under this under this the new money coming in. So, uh, but so is everybody else. Uh, John Devin Carpadian from the Brooklyn Game. Uh, you were hired about five hours before the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. um, what what were the challenges in actually being able to look at the team and evaluate what you were able to do up until that point, and, and what were the discussions like from that perspective? Uh, it was an interesting 24 hours, I'll tell you that, because the night before I was working for another team. Uh, but uh, they quickly kicked me out of the room, and then I, I, I got on the phone um, with the Nets here, with, with Frank and, and the group that was back here. So we were talking, and uh, you know, sometimes the best thing you can do is not do anything. So for, for me, it's important to get up here to evaluate this roster and you know we didn't want to jump to any conclusions jump to do anything anything drastic it's it's get our feet on the ground here and see what we've got